Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. You're listening to the JT The Brick Show, where the Raider Nation has come to sound off and react for over 20 years. It's time for JT The Brick. How we doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? What do we want to talk about with the Raiders? So I want to see an interception. I want to see some sacks. Raiders come with four. Here comes the fifth rusher. And he's sacked! Deshaun Bauer had him around the waist, and the Raiders' defense holds on fourth down. And then your boy JT got it right. JT the Brick. Always, always great to be with the Brick. I don't spend a lot of time on teams that don't make the playoffs. We talk about what matters in championships and winning here. It's Big Boy Radio. That is the best atmosphere in a preseason game that I've ever been a part of. And that's easy to say that, clearly. Get your ass out here and get ready. Here we go. And now, here's JT the Brick. All right, out of the gate, JT with you as we open up the show. Good to have you in studio today on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. We are the flagship of the Silver and Black, and we talk all sports today. And we have breaking news. According to Vinny Bonsignor and Tom Pellicero, the Las Vegas Raiders have just released Jonathan Abram, uh, safety and former first-round draft pick. We wish Jonathan Abram well. Uh, Very good time with the Raiders in the community. Had some big games. Once a Raider, always a Raider. And uh, that's the breaking news that just hit about six or seven minutes ago. The Raiders have released, according to Tom Palacero and Vinny Bonsignor, Jonathan Abram. So what do you want to do with that? Uh, That's a good topic for a show. I think Jonathan Abram, who came here as a rookie first-round pick, deserves a day on the radio from the fans of the Raider Nation who have been able to engage with him, been at charity events with him, and enjoyed him as a person in the community, and he is not part of the future here. I didn't expect him to be part of the future. I didn't expect him to be released today, but Dave Ziegler, after the trade deadline, after the back-to-back losses in New Orleans and in Jacksonville, the Jacksonville game, which was a really brutal loss, they're starting to make roster moves accordingly. Uh, I don't know what this is going to do exactly, in regards to contract status against the cap and all that, that will come out here. I'm sure we'll talk to Dave Ziegler here about this in the next couple of days. I'll be interviewing the coach on Thursday, and we'll bring that up and go from here. But this is going to be a wild week here. There's a lot happening, everybody, as we open up the show. Brought to you by Golden Entertainment. They own the Strat, Arizona Charlie, 64-plus taverns here, including the SG Bar, where I get a chance to go at the top of Flamingo, right at the 215 Uh, They fuel the monologue, and we appreciate their proud partnership. And we're going to be doing a lot with them going into March Madness. College basketball is starting now, as you know, and it ends with March Madness, and we do a lot with PTs, and we're setting the calendar up for that. So for Jonathan Abram, what could you say about him coming in? A first-round draft pick, another draft pick who doesn't make it to his first contract, to the end of it. And that is partially his fault, And the fact that it's not his fault, the new regime wants to go in a different direction. Happens all the time in football. It's a business. And the Raiders going forward are going to do business with other safeties. I think we know that now. As this year has been an evaluation year, more so than we thought. Uh, The record shows that. And now the Raiders are trying to figure out how to get ahead of next year while they still have to play out this schedule and compete at a very high level. So if you have a comment on this move today, you are the flagship fans of one of 32 only football teams. Think of that. 
We got election day today. A lot of people out on the road. A lot of people streaming us all over the globe. Uh, what's your opinion on the breaking news of Jonathan Abram being released? 702-365-9200 as we open up the show today. Today's my mom's birthday, which I have a very heavy heart because I wish I was with my mom today. She's in Naples, Florida with both my sisters and my brother-in-laws, and I had a great conversation with her today. So November 8th is a very important day today because it's my mom's birthday, and I wish her nothing but the best, and we'll be uh, talking to her throughout the day here. Today I was with Q and Lincoln Kennedy, and we hosted Raiders Roundtable, which will come up here in a few hours on YouTube. And the Raiders let us do what we do. I mean, the Raiders let us talk about it's not a censored podcast even though it's hosted inside the building and we understand that this isn't a fan-fueled fire everybody podcast but I thought we addressed everything believe me we addressed everything from Trevor Lawrence to Derek Carr to what's happening with Indianapolis uh, Lincoln and the chemistry and the problems with communication and what happens from one half to the other so you'll hear that Friday here we usually play it on Friday at the end of the week to kind of refresh you heading into the weekend game here but that was important and then we also spent a lot of time talking about the hiring of Jeff Saturday in Indianapolis so you want glasses half full or half empty let's do glasses half full let's start off positive here I'm allowed to be positive right every once in a while the positive news is that the Colts are in chaos Absolute chaos right now. And that's a good thing for the Raiders. That's glasses half full. You're playing a team that is undergoing a chaos situation that the majority of all football teams ever have never experienced this type of scenario. So they haven't. No one. You know, the Packers go to Detroit, every other place. You know, you might not like to coach, but normally it doesn't end like this. So is that a benefit to the Raiders or not? Well, I think it's a benefit because Frank Reich isn't on the sideline as the offensive coordinator or the head coach, the play caller, and he's pretty good. He's not Josh McDaniels with six Super Bowl rings, but he's pretty good. And he's played in the league for a while, so he knows the league. So he's out. Jeff Saturday comes in. Jeff Saturday is going to be brought into this first game, and I think the rest of the season, just to be the blind spot for Jim Irsay. Basically, I'm a loyal guy with my friends. If something happened really personally in my life and it changed, I would take my best man from my wedding, my best friend or my other two best friends, and I would bring them into my life to make sure they kept an eye on my wife and kids, made sure that they were my head on a swivel to make sure that my business ran correctly and that no one was stabbing me in the back. That's exactly what's happening here with Jim Irsay. Jim Irsay looked around and said, Jeff Saturday's my guy. I want him in here to evaluate this and report back to me. Not to draw plays. Not to be the guy who's going to get on the whiteboard and draw plays. Indianapolis built the core of their team with Peyton Manning and Jeff Saturday where? Offensive line. Andrew Luck. I remember when they Andrew Luck played in Oakland. It was the biggest guy I've ever seen in offensive line in my career. Philadelphia, too, one of the years. But I remember vividly, I told the story with my son, underneath the bleaches in the tunnel, when Indy came out and Andrew Luck in the offensive line was there, and I looked at my son and I said, whoa, look at the size of those guys. So the Andrew Luck model was to build a wall in front of him and then have Andrew Luck play great and be a future Hall of Famer. Well, he retired because he was getting hurt too much. and He, wanted, he didn't want to play anymore. Okay, he didn't want to play anymore, a little bit quirky, said, I'm going to get out of here. I thought that was a mistake, but the offensive line was pretty big. The other thing Indy's done 
is that they have good tight ends who can block. So they're really big up front. Well, who's their new head coach? Offensive lineman Jeff Saturday. So I'm not a brain surgeon. I'm not a rocket scientist. I can tell you that this offensive line will be buttoned up by Sunday. They will be buttoned up by Sunday because they're going to be led by an offensive lineman. That's point number one. And the Raiders really don't have a great defensive line other than Max Crosby. And Max Crosby's kind of been neutralized this year because Chandler Jones hasn't played at a high level. So the offensive line for Indy is going to get a jolt in that locker room ready to go. The second thing is Sam Ellinger is going to be the quarterback of this team, and he was just sacked nine times, nine times by the Patriots. I was at the joint workouts between the Patriots and the Raiders this year and the preseason game. The Raiders were much better than the Patriots in the preseason, and the right response from you would be, well, who cares, JT? It's the preseason. You would be right. But the Raiders were much better than them, and now the Patriots are much better than the Raiders. And the Patriots just assaulted the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. So they're going to button that up going into the Raiders. I can promise you the Las Vegas Raiders are going to get nowhere near nine sacks. That's going to get fixed. Now, I think the Raiders are going to get three or four sacks, I hope, but I don't think they're going to get nine. How could you ever predict that? And then the most important thing that Jeff Saturday is going to do is he's going to come in and because he's a TV guy on top of being a captain and a guy who led the union. He's going to go in the, a locker room at Allegiant Stadium, the road locker room, which I've been in, which is gorgeous. You can move in, live there the rest of your life. It's like a multi-million dollar home. And he's going to have those guys on their feet coming out of the tunnel to start the game, and they're going to run through a wall for him. And they're going to run for, through a wall for him for two reasons. Number one, they're pissed off that Jeff Saturday got hired and they can't believe that they're tanking the season by hiring a TV guy to be the coach. Or what I think is going to happen is they all love Jeff Saturday in that organization and they're going to say, I'm going to play my ass off, plus we're in Las Vegas, and Las Vegas beat us last year, wink, wink, as they were going to the playoffs and the Raiders knocked us out of the playoffs. So I expect an exceptionally motivated Indianapolis Colts team that's kind of throwing in the towel But they're not going to act like that, especially in the first quarter of the game. And the way the Raiders have been playing, it's been Jekyll and Hyde. I don't know what's going to be. Is it going to be the team that came out the first half against Jacksonville and were electric? They were fantastic. Or are they going to be the team that came out against New Orleans a couple of weeks ago that was a no-show? I'm assuming the Raiders are going to come out here really hard at home in front of their fans and play a big game. But don't count on me to get my predictions right. I haven't been right this year, and either have you. Most of the people listening to the show. But the motivation level of Indy, you could debate, is going to be higher than the Raiders. You can debate that, and that would be a fair debate. If you were skipping Shannon and wanted to make up crap, you could say, you know, Raiders have been up and down like a roller coaster. We don't know what the hell we're going to get. But we know we're going to get Indy as a desperate team, embarrassed. They're going to come into Vegas, a heavy underdog, and they're going to show up. I think that's going to happen. I think there's going to be a tough game early, and the Raiders are going to have to really be exceptional. Now, let's get to Jim Ursay for a second as he spoke to the media yesterday. This was really bizarre. He had a press conference during Monday Night Football. I don't think that's ever happened before. In the history of the league, dating back to leather helmets and the birth of Monday Night Football in the 70s, I don't think there's ever been a coaching press conference during Monday Night Football. Here's a bit of Jim Ursay. I'm glad he doesn't have any NFL experience. I'm glad he hasn't learned the fear that's in this league. That's because it's tough for all our coaches. They're afraid. They go to analytics, and it gets difficult. I mean, he doesn't have all that. 
he doesn't have that that fear and there was no other candidate we were fortunate that he was available um, and he has tons of experience he knows this game inside and out um, with relationships with coaches and players um, uh, and has been a consultant for us for several years a paid consultant um, you know uh, informing Chris and I and other people in the organization you know his opinions uh, so to me um, uh, you know, I, I know people can, you know, look out and, and, and see it uh, and, and ask that question. But, um, you know, the, you know that, that doesn't surprise me. I understand. Look, at, I don't know how to make sausage. I don't know what goes into sausage. But I do know how to build a football team because I've been around for 52 years. Okay, that's a fair. Uh, what did he basically say? I got a guy who's not scared. Did everybody get that? That's what you got coming into Vegas on Sunday if you're a gambler, if you're a fan, if you're just a football fan. Basically, the owner of a team told you, hey, I don't care what you think. I got a guy who's not scared, and he's going to coach to win, and he doesn't give a crap about what anybody says. So remember I'm telling you this on Tuesday because that's going to be the theme of the show the rest of the week. I don't think the Raiders are going to get outcoached. In some of these games, they've been outcoached in one half, the most important half. But I think, and these are the coaches of the Raiders admitting that. I don't think the Raiders are going to get outcoached by Indianapolis, but if they lose to Indianapolis, that will be the headline that the Raiders could now coach Jeff Saturday, which I don't think is fair. I'm not predicting the game, but that's what will happen in a season where everything has gone wrong in regards to the results of some games. So I'm very confident. I was super confident. I remain confident that the Raiders will win this game. I think they're a much better team. They're at home. They're a heavy favorite. I think they'll beat Indianapolis. But more from Jim Irsay here as we continue about this whole plan and what he's doing going forward because it's very bizarre around the league and no one expected this. I know who we are. I know who we're going, uh, where we're going. And um, I couldn't be more thrilled to – to be here tonight. Yes, it's an interim head coaching job. It lines up with the Rooney rule um, uh, at the end of the season. Um, uh, there will be a, a full process of um, reviewing um, permanent head coach, uh, which we will um, have an interview process uh, for and go from there. Um, you know, this is for eight games, hopefully more. Um, I don't have, you know, the expectations. Um, all I'm thinking about is the Raiders. That's all these guys have been working towards and Jeff's been working towards is getting ready for the Raiders. All right. That's, that's pretty important, right, on the flagship of the Raiders. So I'm just doing my job here telling everybody, get ready for this. They're talking about the Raiders. They're trying to stabilize the franchise. They're just looking for a win. The Raiders, I believe the Raiders franchise is very stable. It's not showing up in the record, but they're following their plan and Josh McDaniels is very comfortable with Dave Ziegler with their plan. Look what happened today with Jonathan Abram. They have a plan. You cannot argue that the Raiders don't have a plan. You'd be ridiculous. You'd deserve a timeout like a toddler if you didn't agree that the Raiders have a plan. You don't have to agree with the plan. But those who want to go back to Rich Passaccia, John Gruden, Art Shell, the late John Madden, our friend Tom Flores, we're not going there. They have a plan. We're following the plan. We're analyzing the game plan. We're critical when the game plan doesn't work, and we're looking forward to the next opponent, wondering what the game plan is going to be. So it's pretty simple there. That's all we're doing here. That's all we're doing this week. You will not have, hear a mention of the Denver Broncos, Geno Smith, nobody else. You're just hearing about the Indianapolis Colts. 
So that's a good topic for today for everybody to call in on again. Again, because I feel like I'm not going to lose these great fans of the Raiders because they're 2-6. and six. There's too much work to do. Right? we got a morning show. we got an afternoon drive show. we got to engage you, the listeners, because you're a big part of our show. You split the shows with us. You're part of the content. What do you think about the Colts coming in here as a Raider fan? I can tell you one thing. I don't know what the crowd count's going to look like. I don't think Indianapolis is coming here in full force because of their record, the where it is here. They don't travel well to begin with. But I don't know what the energy of a Raider fan is going to be like at Allegiant Stadium here. I hope they're loud and angry and pissed off. And they're in their seats, and they're ready to go. I hope that happens, but we'll find out on Sunday. So if you're a Raider fan coming to this game or watching on TV, what's your impression of what the Raiders are going to see from the Indianapolis Colts? 702-365-9200 is the number here. It really is fascinating to me what they're doing with Jeff Saturday. And I think you know today as I hosted this podcast with two of my African-American teammates, Q and Lincoln Kennedy, I brought up the Rooney rule. This didn't infringe on the Rooney rule where if this wasn't an interim head coach, they would have to find a way to go out and they would have to interview a minority candidate. They have to do that at the end of the year. Jeff Saturday is not allowed to have this job next year unless the Colts and Jim Orsay interview African-American and other minority candidates. But there's a lot of African-American coaches around the league today going, holy crap, what disrespect to Reggie Wayne, who's on that staff. What disrespect to the other black coaches on that staff. And again, as I heard earlier today, uh, one of the panelists, I forget who it was on Mike Greenberg's Get Up said, who's black, he said, this is, how, this is why we say this all the time. This is why it's so hard for a black coach to get a co- head coaching job. This is the perfect example. Jeff Saturday is not qualified to be an NFL head coach other than in a chaotic situation where an interim head coach would be named. That's it. He fits that category, I guess. I guess. If Mark Davis wanted to do the same thing and bring in Charles Woodson or Tim Brown, you'd shake your head, but you'd say, well, whoever it was, okay, this is a unique situation. They just fired a coach, and they don't know who to go, so they'll go with a legend to coach the team. There's a reason this has never happened before. Only once dating back to Norm Van Brocklin in 60 being the MVP in 61. This just doesn't happen. And it makes them look very chaotic. But Jim Irsay claims that he has a plan. I don't agree with the plan, but who am I? I'm not Jeff Saturday. Mike Florio will join us. How about that for a big guest today from Pro Football Talk? We'll also talk to Jeff Sherman in about a half an hour on the moving lines. How does this change the line in the Raider game? How you bet in the Raider game? Uh, The injury to Josh Allen is really important now, too. If he was a pitcher, someone described today, if Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills was a pitcher, they'd shut him down and they'd consider Tommy John surgery. Whoa! I picked them to win the Super Bowl two years in a row. I think Buffalo is better than everybody, and they might lose their quarterback if this elbow doesn't heal correctly. And Raider Nation, you think you got it tough. How about the Packers with Aaron Rodgers? They're checked out. They look checked out. The Raiders don't look checked out. They're up 17-0 in half the games they play. That doesn't mean they're checked out. They come out explosive, ready to win. Green Bay can't beat the Lions now, and everybody's got bad body language. They're walking back. They showed video on NFL Network. Incomplete pass. They're all walking back with their head down to the huddle. You know, there's a lot of other teams that have it pretty bad out there. 
But as I, the big takeaway from our roundtable podcast today and what I talked about last night also is another thing for you Raider fans to comment on. Are you more pissed off by the way the Raiders are losing than you would be if the Raiders were losing, say, 34-7, to 29-10? I mean, the Raiders are in every game for you, the fans, other than one, the New Orleans game. They should be 4-4. Four and four. You could say 5-3. and three. You know they've been in every game, so when you're breaking stuff in your house and you're throwing bottles up against the wall, you can't be saying we're not in the game. You know you're in every game. I'm at the M Resort or at Allegiant Stadium. It comes down to the final two minutes. They're in every game. You just don't like the way that they lose because they're losing dramatically and in a way that Raider fans, it just enrages them. And I'm aware of that because I'm right there with you. I know exactly how you feel. And hopefully that stops with the Colts. It should have stopped with Jacksonville. Should have stopped with New Orleans. But they have good coaches and good teams there too. Good teams there. So I got a lot to say on that. So we're busy. Ari Miroff, a big NFL insider, a big up-and-coming NFL insider. He's going to join us. And also Levi Damon is going to join us from over at the Raiders, their digital reporter. So we're doing our job here. DeMond has a great show lined up as Bobby's out today. Uh, we'll talk about some of the games. Last night's game, Baltimore all of a sudden is 6-3. and three. They win all their close games. Lamar Jackson's playing unbelievable. Uh, that's a big story here, too, as the AFC is shaking out right in front of us. Insane Raider will lead us off on the Raider flagship in Vegas. Go ahead. Hey there, JT. First time caller, long time listener, man. But, you know, I'm kind of really, I'm just kind of really puzzled about this team this year. You know, mm-hmm. we were, we were told from the get go, we had this, this, and all car needed was Adams. And we had this, this, and this. And I always hear, I listen to your show every day. And I always hear, you know, a second place, second place schedule and whatnot. But when we go out on the field, we still got a guy behind center who I still believe to this day just isn't cut to be a Raiders. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is with them. I, I can't explain it. I don't know. I don't know if it's confusion between him and the coach. I don't know mm-hmm. if a lot of these players are still on board with Passaccia, but I have never seen a talented Raider team as this on offense do what they do. And you just asked a question about would you be happy if we were losing like we are now or if we were getting blown out? I think it hurts either way because the team that we have, the players that we have, there's no way we should be losing. Hey, insane, insane Raider. You're not passionate, Raider, are you? Yes, I Goodbye. am. Goodbye. Goodbye. There you go. We'll get rid of that idiot. See see how good I am? How long? 26 years, DeMond. I got awards in my house. I'm in the Nevada I'm in the Nevada Radio Hall of Fame. I have awards all over my house, and that idiot thinks he's going to change his voice and come on here. Yeah, not on this show. Go call the other ones on other channels there. It did take me a while. And I didn't go out partying last night. I didn't go out and have my Modellos. I didn't do anything last night. Now, he got by you. He got by you, so you can jump on the microphone. It's not bad. I mean, again, I like Passionate Radio until he became an idiot and he got banned from half the shows here because he threatened us or did other things. But, I mean, it was kind of a fun call, right? You you must have been looking at me like I was sitting here going... Man, that sounds like Passionate Raider. You know what, Raider Nation, the names are all so distinct and different. Like mm. Insane Raider. I was like, huh? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's what, you, you know, know what really fooled me? The first time. First time caller. Yeah, he'll probably do it again. <laughs> 
probably do it again, man. That's what you do when, when yeah, you have I mean, that. I was the best caller in the country. I never had to change my voice. It started off JT the Brick from La Jolla. JT from La Jolla. I won the Jim Rome smack off, the first one, the only one that mattered, the first one. I became JT the Brick. And then I retired at the top. I retired with a belt, the championship. So I know my caller history. And again, I don't dislike Passionate Raider. He, he tries to embarrass us. So uh, that's fun. That's actually good. We'll save that. I'll play that on my year-end and review show. Uh, now, Big Al in San Francisco is a much more educated and uh, well-thought-out person and caller here. I'll go to Big Al in San Francisco. Hello, Big Al. JT, thanks for taking my call. Um, you know, the news came across my phone a little mm -hmm. while ago that the, uh, the Raiders decided to, go, to move away from Jonathan Abram. I guess my biggest uh, thing about Jonathan Abram was that in the first quarter of the first game he ever played with the Raiders, he separated his shoulder, but he continued to play mm -hmm. for the rest of the half. Right point. And we thought that he was just going to be the, just, he was the next coming of Jack Tatum. Um, but I don't necessarily think Jonathan, Jonathan Abram is a bad football player. I actually think he's a pretty good football player. He just hasn't been in the right scheme as the Raiders have perpetually changed their uh, defensive schemes throughout the last four years. Um, I was a little surprised that they let him go. It only it 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 just seemed like a kind of a scapegoat type of move that they made. Mm -hmm. But uh, they seem to compelled to be able to bring in their own guys uh, from here on in. And Abram was a sacrificial lamb. I think that um, I think he he will be picked up in the next week or so. Sure. There's plenty of teams that can use a big old safety who can blitz and hit. Uh, one of them being uh, you know, the football giants who just lost their uh, their best defensive player in an ATV accident. Yeah, and Big Al, you bring up a good point. I mean, Jonathan Abram, once a Raider, always a Raider. Very good player at times. Uh, not very good in the passing game, which the Raiders need to upgrade on, and he was not going to be here. He was not going to be here, and he could be an outstanding player. You're kind of like a sports historian. You know that people that leave one team go to another team and end up having Hall of Fame careers. We wish him nothing but the best. He wasn't a fit in the system that they want to have going forward, and that's it. This is, this is a guy that has his whole career in front of him, has made a lot of money on his rookie contract, and is probably going to have an opportunity to prove himself somewhere else and make more money again. Yeah, he, he, I mean, that first game that he played, that was a night game uh, at the Oakland Coliseum, mm -hmm. and he was just hitting people. He did. And then we find out after the game that he separated his shoulder and he played you know, basically the whole second quarter and parts of the, the rest of the first and the entire second quarter with a separated shoulder, and he was out for the year. We were just, I, I just remember this, mm -hmm. I couldn't believe it. It was just like, we can't wait to get to the next year because this guy was, you know, the next coming of Jack Tatum. I mean, he was he was the epitome of a strong safety in the NFL, and uh, on the, with all the schemes and so forth, that strong safety is really not defined anymore. Because either you can be a strong safety who who's going to who can cover and stay in a cover too, or you're a box safety and you can't and you you know and you can't mm -hmm. cover a blanket. So. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Thanks for thanks for checking in, Big Al. Always appreciate your calls. I, when it look when you look at that again, some people are not a great fit for a system. Did you see Kenyon Drake last night? How's Kenyon Drake fitting out in that system with Baltimore perfectly? Right? He wasn't a fit with the Raiders because the Raiders wanted to go with Samir White. They had Josh Jacobs as their feature back. Doesn't mean that Kenyon Drake's career was over. He went somewhere else. Wasn't that the whole philosophy with Chandler Jones? Raiders got Chandler Jones. They thought they've seen enough of him. He's going to be a great player. He is a great player. And that he could fit this system well. 
And I think what we're starting to see here is that Patrick Graham, what we know and what you know as fans of this team, is that they're trying to figure out their system and they, re- they really need some better players on the defensive side. That doesn't mean that you were hoodwinked everybody. That doesn't mean that they were lying to you. Dave Ziegler at his press conference never said to you, the fans, hey, man, I love this roster, everybody on it. I'm going to sign everybody. This is the greatest roster. He took over for a gentleman named Mike Mayock, and Mike Mayock drafted Max Crosby, Hunter Renfro, and some good players. But a lot of these first-round picks from Alex Leatherwood, Jonathan Abram, players before from the other regimes, did not work out with what they want to do. So I would hope that when they replace Jonathan Abram, then we have something to judge Davon and everybody else to say, wait a second, you let Jonathan Abram go, you replaced him with blank. He's not better than Jonathan Abram, or hopefully he's much better than him in a certain position, which would be covering the pass. One of the reasons, elephant in the room moment, that Jonathan Abram is not here today and he got cut is Travis Kelsey. And when Travis Kelsey goes to the stage in Canton, Ohio, at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, you'll remember that comment. You cannot keep Jonathan Abram in this system if he continues to get beat by Travis Kelsey, who's going nowhere for the next three or four more years, and we got to play him twice a year. They need players that can do a better job. I don't know how much better, but we wish Jonathan Abram well. Once a Raider, always a Raider. I interview guys all the time who played five games with the Raiders. You hear them, and they're pretty good interviews. One year with the Raiders. Jonathan Abram is someone I look forward to seeing in years to come when he returns to Las Vegas as an original Raider. 702-365-9200. Monologue brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. Remy Martin is also part of our team that's working at Resorts World for Enchant. You'll be able to go outside at Resorts World and see this winter wonderland and walk around with a Remy Martin cocktail. And head on into all of their nightclubs, restaurants, bars, and ask for Remy Martin exclusively. Proud partner of Raider Nation Radio. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show. Brought to you by Grimaldi's Pizzeria. Home of the famous New York style coal-fired brick oven pizza. JT, as we continue on, good to have you today. A lot happening here in Vegas. Election day. So my be, uh, day began early. Hopefully you got an opportunity to get out and vote. I was out in Henderson at the Raider facility. Came back home. Came into studio with DeMond here. I had an opportunity to vote and get ready to go before my night show tonight. Take advantage of your right to vote today throughout the Valley. Thought there was going to be a big rainstorm. A little bit of drizzle. Breaking news. It drizzled in Summerlin. It drizzled, which it really does. And now we're getting set for the tailgate this weekend. And Indianapolis Colts game to me, which is going to be wild. I think the storyline here, not a lot of the country would have tuned in and tuned in for the Raiders and the Colts because of their records. I think everybody's going to tune in to see Jeff Saturday come out of the tunnel and to see how this team reacts. So I think this is going to be an important game for the Raiders to take care of business and do what you want, as Al Davis said. We'll take what I want. Who cares what the Colts do at head coach? Let's get the Raiders to play like they did the first half against Jacksonville, and then step on the throat of Indianapolis in the second half of the game. Really, the thing we dove into heavy on the podcast today is the team doesn't go into halftime and come out and say, hey, guys, we're done. Let's quit. They don't execute. Does everybody understand that? They run the plays. They know the plays that they want. I think the last game was the first time they got away with what was working. They got away from Devontae when they should have went heavy, heavy Devontae. 
But the defense didn't cooperate. They couldn't get off the field. And then when they came back and tried to go to Devontae, the defense of Jacksonville was better. Devontae's coverage was tighter on him. And the Raiders got tight. And Derek Carr didn't run. He didn't have a yard. So all of that happened in the second half. Didn't happen in the first half. And we saw a lot of good there. When are we going to see the full game? Remember, even the Houston win. That was just the final quarter of the game where they scored 21 unanswered. We need to see that early and late against the Indianapolis Colts. Chris in West Oakland checks in today. Thanks for calling, Chris. Hey, JT. Yeah, just real quick, I heard about the, the Jonathan Abrams thing. And look, number one, you're right. Once a Raider, always a Raider. I want to be clear, even though you know Jonathan Abrams has been a target of mine, going back to, well, not really his rookie year, but his second year. Nothing personal. I wish this kid nothing but the best. He seems like a good kid. He plays hard. I just don't think a guy that cannot play in the passing game cannot play safety in the NFL, in the modern NFL. And I, let, me, let me disagree with Big Al. And by the way, utmost respect for Big Al's phone calls. Agree with him most of the time. I think he's way off base here with Jonathan Abram. Once again, it's not about scheme and system. We constantly change scheme and system with the same players nothing works what jonathan abram lacks is the most important feature to play secondary in the nfl the ability to cover and know where the football is so like i said i wish him nothing but the best but look at your last look at your carl joseph's gary on Connolly's, damian arnett's jt for all these people to talk about scheme and system name me a defender that's left the raiders and has gone on to be an all pro somewhere else and i don't mean the khalil max Great players play in any system. Great players make great systems. And, he, and I, Big Al, once again, talked about recreating Jack Tatum. Jack Tatum had 37 career interceptions in an era where sometimes they only threw the ball 10 and 12 times. Jonathan Abram would have to play 100 years to get 37 interceptions. Again, I wish the kid nothing but the best. He played hard. Once a Raider, always a Raider. But I'm glad to see they're finally purging this roster. Again, I've told you I didn't want to see him make it through training camp. I never needed to see him play another down. Going forward, I feel the same way about Trayvon Merrick. I know he was a high draft pick. Usually guys with ability, JT, they flash some brilliance. We're 25 games in. I'm waiting for Trayvon Merrick to give me one flash, or maybe he's next. So, again, Maybe it's going to take a little longer than we wanted as fans, but I'm glad to see this is a step in the right direction. You don't keep running the same problem out, scratching your head, wondering why it doesn't work. You get rid of the problem, not saying he was a problem personally, just on the field. I don't think Jonathan Agram, he'll latch on somewhere. He'll be a dime back somewhere, but he couldn't cover here. He's not going to be able to cover anywhere else, and he's going to have a limited career in the NFL. So, again, never personal. Wish him nothing but the best, even though he's been a whipping boy of mine for the last two years. I certainly hope he catches on and plays well somewhere, just as long as it's not with the 49ers or the AFC West. Thank you, my friend. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, and I think he is going to catch on well, and I think he has the upside in the development to develop into a better player. You know, Chris's philosophy is if you can't do it in the pros early, you can't do it. I don't agree with him. I, I agree more that I think that you can coach him up. Look, the whole scheme with Alex Leatherwood. Right, a lot of other, a lot of other organizations that came in, new regimes would have said, "Let's have some time with Alex Leatherwood. First round pick, cost a lot of money. Let's work with him for a year or two. No, no. Dave Ziegler came from the Patriots. They don't do that. They try to coach a guy up. They had plenty of time to coach him up off season, right? OTAs, 
and they tried to do it in the preseason. They tried to do it in training camp. They saw enough with their eyes and their lenses to say, he doesn't fit us. We don't think he's good enough. We want better players going forward. That's the most difficult part about right now doing Raiders radio. You have to cover every game. You got to want to win them all, which we do. You got to hope to win them all. And they should be winning more, but you got to at least have content to talk about what the plan is going forward and how they stick to the plan. The plan is Mark Davis hired Dave Ziegler to deconstruct this roster to get it to a level where they can go to the playoffs and, as Dave said, compete for multiple Super Bowls. If it takes a year, if it takes two years, it better take no more than three. And I think it's turning now as they're deconstructing the roster with players that they've put in every scenario, including New Orleans, Jacksonville, at the Chargers, preseason games. They're pretty sharp guys. They are sharp guys. And they're looking around saying, not our type of guy going forward. That's not bad. I come in radio. It happens all the time. They blow up the morning show. They blow up the night show. Hey, the guy's good. The guy's good. It's happened to me. Everybody else, we want to go in a different direction because of money. Because of this or whatever we're doing. It's business. This was a business decision. I wish the Raiders would have got a six-round pick for him. I'm surprised the team didn't come up there and say, yeah, I'll give you a sixth or a fifth for him. No one wanted to do it. They exhausted it to try to move him, probably other players too, and then they couldn't. Trade deadline's gone. They release him and they wish him well. And that's what we should be doing today. Our phone should be packed with people wishing Jonathan Abram well. Why wouldn't you? Once a Raider, always a Raider. 702-365-9200. We'll get to everybody by the top of the hour. Also, Jeff Sherman will join us, the VP of Risk Management over at the Westgate. On the moving lines in the NFL, what's changed? What's changing now? And how to bail on LeBron James and Kevin Durant? How would you like to have a futures ticket on the Lakers or the Nets to win the NBA title? Do you want to rip that up and flush it now or wait to the end of the year? We'll get to that on the other side. We're brought to you by our great friends at Virgin Hotels Las Vegas. We can go there for great dining, go out on the lawn and see a concert, and go to the iconic theater, which I still believe today, and I saw at Dolby, the music there is great, but I'll put the theater at Virgin up against any venue in town for the best acoustics. We saw Train there last week, and it sounded fantastic. The theater at Virgin Hotels Las Vegas. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Modelo, a proud sponsor of the Raiders and the official beer of fans with the fighting spirit. All right, welcome back, JT, with you as we get rolling here. Jeff Sherman joins us, VP of Risk Management at the Westgate every two weeks. Jeff, good to talk to you. I'll jump right in as you try to handicap Buffalo with the injury to Josh Allen taking on a 7-1 and Vikings team. What concerns you here? What information are you waiting on? Yeah, we opened the Bills a 9.5-point favorite against Minnesota here. Have taken some money on the dog. Right now we're sitting at Buffalo minus 5.5. Mm. And basically, if he is announced out, I think it would go down to about three and a half. So you're looking at about six points in this situation here, Case Keenum having to come in to be the backup. But uh, we're, we're taking some Minnesota money, money line on Minnesota, but we're trying to stay ahead, and it hasn't been anything overwhelming, so we keep being uh, aggressive with moving it down. Is that about the biggest line movement you could see nowadays? I'm sure there's been big ones in the past when it comes to a quarterback potentially being out where the quarterback moves the number that much. Yeah, I mean, you're talking to Mahomes or, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, even as bad as Green Bay is, Aaron Rodgers has always moved that needle a lot. You know, you mentioned the last few years, he was the one that had the most impact, a 10-point 
impact on the spread. Mm. But here you're talking six to seven points is, a, is about the top range. Uh, let's stay with that and what's happening with, I, I think I'm, it's wild to see what's going on with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers here and they get a home game and the whole country can't wait to see when the schedule came out. Dak versus Aaron Rodgers here as we see Dallas and Green Bay. What line movement do you have here? Yeah, we're at Dallas minus five, and we did open them at four and seen nothing but Dallas support. Nobody really wants anything to do with Green Bay at this point right now. and So we're trying to find that resistance point, but so far it's been the public on the Cowboys. How unique is this Raider game with Jeff Saturday in the news there from a motivational sense and the way that the Raiders have been blowing some of these big leads? Yeah, well, it's uh, the line is higher on the Raiders than we had anticipated. You know, uh, we were thinking three and a half, but with the situation the Colts are in, and Jeff Saturday in this position for his first time coaching, there isn't going to be much cold support. So we're, we're at six and a half right now, and it wouldn't surprise me if this crept up to seven. Hey Jeff, a couple of sharps have been asking me about home field kind of not being non-existent this year. What have you seen with home field advantage and stay on the under that we've been seeing this year with the totals? Yeah, and that's just it. You know, the home field is not worth as much as it used to be. It's about two and a half points now. You used mm. to commonly see it at three points, so it really doesn't take too much of an effect there. And the totals, that's been the crazy thing this year. Every time we make new totals, they're five to seven points lower than we had at the start of the season. You know, before the year, we put a side and a total on every game for the whole season. And we look back at what we had, and these things are up to seven points lower than what we originated with. Jeff Sherman is our guest, VP of Risk Management at the Westgate. Tough to handicap a game in Germany. You just mentioned two and a half for the home team. Tampa Bay, a lot of travel, new venue. No one's ever seen it before. And then the play of Geno Smith, and no one had Seattle playing this well. Yeah, and we opened Tampa Bay minus one here, and it's up to two and a half. We've taken sharp money to get it up to two and a half. You know, when I look at this on paper, though, I mean, I think Seattle's a better team. It's surprising mm-hmm. that it's getting up towards three on a neutral with Tampa Bay, but. Uh, you know, the public, they have not been involved as much on Tampa recently just with their poor performances, but the Sharps have driven this lineup a point and a half. Any big change in Super Bowl odds? I know we're waiting on Josh Allen and the full decision on the elbow, but with the Packers being gone, the Rams don't seem to be as competitive as they've been. What we mentioned with Seattle, what are some of the biggest odd moves when it comes to the Super Bowl? Well, recently it's been the Niners down to 10-1 to 1 from 20-1, to 1, which is a considerable move once they got McCaffrey and they look like they're trending in the right direction, and then the public is getting behind them. So that's, that's been relatively large itself. Uh, obviously, the Giants, I mean, preseason they were 200 to 1, and now, uh, let's see, where are we at on the Giants? Uh, we're down to 80 to 1. So, you mm. know, going from triple digits down to 80, still an outsider, but a considerable move the way they're playing. And the flavor right now is the Jets. They're sitting at 100 to 1, but we've been taking some money on the Jets to win the division. They're at 22 to 1 to win the AFC East, but. Uh, a lot of people liking that right now. Jeff Sherman is our guest. Jeff, let's wrap up the World Series Mattress Mac, how he spread his money out. Uh, take us behind the scenes, especially some of our listeners who aren't as savvy as you. When Mattress Mac started to make the bets and started spreading it out around other books here, and you watched this journey along the way. Yeah, you know, we didn't see anything here at our book uh, regarding that, but, you know, uh, what he's doing is, you know, he has this promotion in Houston and he's offsetting it with, uh, you know, if. Uh, I think uh, it was if you bought something mm-hmm. at his store, it would over three thousand dollars. Then uh, you would get it for free. So he's offsetting that with futures on the Astros if they won the World Series, which they did. Um, but you have some books that took some very large wagers from him and uh, extended that. But it's uh, it's an interesting story. 
And basically, it's not gambling, but offsetting his liabilities. Very interesting, Jeff Sherman, as we wrap it up. So tell me about the NBA as I'm on the radio during the week. As you know, at night, and I'm sitting here and on my day show, too, which you come on from. And I look, I go, what happens with the future tickets with the Nets and LeBron? They look terrible, both those teams out of the gate. Kyrie's imploding the Nets from within. And then I watch the Warriors play, and the Warriors don't seem to be taking the early part of the season very seriously. Yeah, you know, the Warriors, I think they'll be fine in the long run, but the uh, the Lakers and the Nets are other issues. I mean, I'm up to 200 to 1 on the Lakers right now, and mm. no one wants anything to do with them. And I know there's a lot less out there, but, uh, you know, they're not going to be doing anything this year, and I can see them going other directions from the players that they have. But, um, you know, it's just it's basically an up upside-down season if you're looking at the NBA right now with the standings, and you have a team like Utah leading the Western Conference. This team had a win total of 24 and a half. They were as high as 500 to 1 to win their division. We actually took some money on them at those odds. So, uh, topsy turvy right now in the NBA. Uh, Jeff, we know that when power good teams in college football lose one, they could still get into the playoffs if they run the table. What have you seen now with Alabama pretty much being eliminated? Tennessee with the loss, and we're counting down to Ohio State coming up versus Michigan with Clemson on the outside looking in. Yeah, and Alabama, like you mentioned, they're up to 40-1, to 1, which really doesn't give them a chance at all. Georgia's a strong favorite, plus 105 to win the title. Ohio State, 9-5. to 5. Michigan's sitting at 8-1, to 1, and we did bump Tennessee up to 18-1. to 1. So a lot of fluctuation, but Georgia, Ohio State uh, leading the way. And World Cup, World Cup, World Cup. Give me something. I'm going to be watching games over at the Westgate. I can't wait for this to happen. Uh, give us something to whet our appetite coming up here with the World Cup. Well, it's uh, it's an obvious point. Brazil, I have never seen a squad this strong, and Whoa. rightfully so. They're they're three to one to seven to two odds out there. They are completely loaded. I mean, we've seen strong Brazil sides in the past, but there's separation with this team, and there's a reason they're a strong favorite. Uh, some outsiders, I, I've had my eye on for the last couple of years. Denmark, mm-hmm. you know, they've played really well in their European play. They're sitting at thirty to one right now, and they they might get some upsets along the way. Where's Team USA as we look forward to this coming up in November? Uh, sitting at 100-1, to 1, and they're mm-hmm. attracting some money at triple digits, but it's, uh, they're really not a threat. I didn't think so. Jeff, all the best. We'll talk to you in a few weeks. Thank you. All right. Thanks, JT. Jeff Sherman at Golf Odds is where to follow him. And we have him on to make sure we're dipping our toe into the gaming world with the best of the best. We have Lee Sterling on every week, Jeff Sherman, Bill Krakenberger, Mike North, people that have track records unlike some of the new board ops that have shows here in town in Vegas on the other side of town giving you picks, but refuse to tell you if they have five or ten bucks on the game. These are the pros' pros and the best handicappers. They join us exclusively on Raider Nation Radio. Damon, you wouldn't throw 50 bucks down on Team USA to maybe uh, be a long shot in the World Cup? Oh, why not? I mean, maybe <laughs> 20 you know, 50 Maybe a little, 20, save yes. that 30, and I'll put 20 on it. Well, the USA-England game, I don't care what's going on that day. There is someone filling in for me. If you don't think I have Harry Ruiz <laughs> on speed dial, I want that United States, not United States-Wales, I want United States-England Bucket of Modellos. Maybe I'll call Steve Gomez and we'll do a remote. Everybody, World Cup's coming. And I was a part of what was happening on the strip with F1 this past weekend. That's pretty big, but that's a year away. World Cup's right around the corner. This is the sporting event in Vegas that I think you need to take days off from work. I mean, full day, like 24 hours, and get to one of these bars in town where you know, and we'll tell you the bars, and a lot of our partnerships are going to be a part of it. 
and, and go out and experience World Cup. Pretend. Pretend. Get the USA jersey. Go out, get in a crowd, get a big beer with you, and see what you're missing if you've never experienced it. It's a beautiful event to have a great time because everybody around watching it is so into it, and it's so much fun. United States isn't going to win. They're not going to win the World Cup, but they might shock the world and get out of the – they're not in the group of death, but they might get out of a tough group and get to the round of 16, and then we'd have something really cool to talk about. All right, a power hour lined up. NFL inside of Ari Mirov, Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk, and Levi Edwards from the Raiders inside the Raiders facility today, their digital reporter. That's the next uh, hour of the show, plus your phone calls. Jonathan Abram has been released by the Raiders. We wish him well. Once a Raider, always a Raider. If you want to comment on the career he had with the Raiders, 702-365-9200 as we continue here in Vegas.